I'm your host. I'm a trauma-informed coach. I help people heal their brain and body from the effects of trauma. And this week, we're talking about love languages and attachment styles. I'm really, really excited to talk about this topic. I think that it is confused. It's uh, made to be markers in how you should be dating or how you should be picking people. Um, Lots of things. I had a recent conversation with someone who had their partner completely incorrectly um, labeled. And so they were approaching them very incorrectly or how she thought was very incorrectly. And when I explained to her what a love language was, what an attachment style is, and how they can possibly work together and how they inform each other her mind was blown and it was like what the f so I want to kind of not necessarily break them down because I think most people know what they are but listen if you're new to this and this is your first podcast episode you're listening to I'm going to try my best to not put this over your head and you know like explain it in layman's terms more than anything. So here we go. And I want to explain it in a analogy form because I think things are best learned in that way sometimes. I'm going to give it the analogy of a car. And you know, I always reference our nervous system as an engine, as a car engine. And I reference information that we learn, things that we, you know, think about as gas in the tank and our nervous system and our bodies being the the engine that needs repairing or is healed and fixed and all that good stuff, right? So that's the kind of analogy that I'm going to take when we're talking today about attachment styles and love languages. And hopefully I do a good enough job to where it paints a better picture, okay? So as you know, attachment styles are discussed a lot in the healing journey of trauma because one of the traumas that people can endure is an attachment wound. An attachment wound is one that you experienced. It's an experience and it's typically something that's done to your nervous system. It's created in your nervous system because of a rupture in connection with someone. Your attachment style is formed in your early, early months of life. Arguably, a lot of people say that they were, it was formed within the first couple months of life. Some people say up to the first 18 months of life. Either way, we know it's formed really early on by our caregivers, okay? So if we had caregivers that were very attentive, consistent, affectionate, present, healthy, emotionally, mentally, physically, in lots of ways, we tend to develop very secure attachment. We trust people. We end up believing that people can leave and come and go as they please and they will return. We feel very safe. We feel we can express our emotions and people will understand us. Um, This is assuming that we had caregivers that were very securely attached, very regulated, and they provided space like that, okay? I'm going to argue that most of us 
unfortunately, and, and I say this very, very, with like so much empathy and so much love, most of us didn't have securely attached parents. We didn't have perfectly untraumatized, regulated parents, right? A lot of them weren't healthy mentally, physically, emotionally. And because of that, obviously no fault to them, but they didn't securely attach to us. And thus we have an insecure attachment style, right? You either have disorganized, anxious, or avoidant. I'm not going to go into all the the descriptions of the attachment styles, guys. It would take way too long. If you want to uh, hear a description, you can go to one of my past episodes. I want to say it's in the 30s. I forget which episode it is, but I will link it here in the show notes, right? So some people have secure attachment. Some people are securely attached. They, they, they're very communicative. They express themselves very well. They take criticism. They listen when you have a, a need, a request, a desire, a complaint. They will handle conflict well. They will resolve it well. They will show love and affection and kindness and express themselves to you both physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically in lots of ways. This is the holy grail of partners, right? We all want someone who's securely attached. We all want someone who is like that. When I hear that, I'm like, yes, sir, sign me up, sister. Give me that man, right? So this is the ideal. You can have one of the three insecure attachment styles and still develop secure attachment, which is amazing because all you need to do is learn the skills and there's and guys I haven't in I have an episode on how to develop secure attachment that's in there too go look it up I'll link it here in the show notes okay if you haven't heard it and there's lots of things that you can do to develop secure attachment okay so an attachment style that we all can label ourselves with if we take this the quiz I have a quiz I'll it will I will link it here in the show notes as well you can find out if you have mostly secure attachment avoidant anxious or disorganized if you listen to this podcast you know I'm disorganized I have disorganized attachment but I've developed I believe in my opinion the skills for secure attachment as time goes on more and more and more I know what I need to do to express myself to communicate to set boundaries, to put myself first, all the things, okay? And so if you have one of the four attachment styles, this is basically a a way of like the attachment style itself, the label basically describes how you act when you are feeling insecure, and I should say not secure, unsafe, when you want to protect yourself, when there's a rupture or there's conflict in a relationship, typically, okay? When there's something going on, when you don't feel very safe, when you don't feel loved, when you don't feel, enter whatever thing here, right? You're not feeling completely secure. We tend to act in a certain way that allow that wants, that. I guess basically it's a, it's a protective mechanism that we now employ to make ourselves feel safe again. So if you, let's say for example, you're, you have anxious attachment something that you might do in order to feel safe again is you, I always say you press the gas, you press on the gas to go connect. You want to, you go towards them, you text, you call, you want to talk, you want to have conversations, you want to feel reassured, just, you just go, 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 go. You try to connect, try to connect because when there's no connection, it feels very scary to you. It feels very unsafe you get very, for lack of a better term, you get anxious. 
Now, if you're avoidant, when there's when there's rupture, when you feel not secure in the relationship, when there's something going on, sometimes or more often times than not, you tend to get avoidant, right? You you back up. You what I say, you press on the brake, you disengage, you keep to yourself, you protect yourself. That's your way of protecting yourself in a situation or to make your make you feel better in the moment. You feel better when you protect yourself, okay? Anxious people feel better when they're when they connect, when they have that attachment again when when we're talking when we're in communication or when we get reassurance or reaffirmation right and then disorganized people well they're kind of back and forth <laughs> they want to connect and then they don't and they want to and then they don't and then securely attached people when there is a conflict they'll want to discuss it if the person says i need time they'll say okay i'll give you space if you know they're more often times than not they can deal with most attachment styles because they're so well at communicating and things like that, right? So an attachment style, the way I want to describe it in terms of and in comparison to a love language is if you look at yourself as a car, you're this beautiful Ferrari, Porsche, Tesla, Lamborghini, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, You're a car and you have a gas tank and you have like the car itself the you know the engine well let's let's look at ourselves as a car and the attachment style as something that's created based on all the accidents that we've been in or the repairs the car has needed or the breakdowns that the car has had right maybe it's has a faulty transmission because something happened to it. it was in a car accident it has a broken in like huge dent and scratches on the passenger side because it was in a car accident maybe it rolled down a hill and it's all bumped and bruised and there's scrapes and there's a you know a freaking shattered windshield things like that it now looks and acts a certain way, drives a certain way because of its past experience, right? Because of it's like the caregiver, right? That that either attached to us securely or didn't, taught us all the skills or didn't. So now it drives a certain way. Maybe it doesn't drive very fast because of it has some engine issues. Maybe it doesn't it can only drive really fast. It doesn't know how to brake, right? Maybe um it the car doesn't do well in rainy weather, so it's got to stay in the garage when it's rainy because it's got to protect itself or else it's going to get jacked up, right? So if you think of your attachment style as the bumps and bruises and car issues that it's had, like engine repairs, things like that, that's what the attachment style is to us. It's it's kind of a picture of, it's that, what's that, you know, that Carfax report, you know, when you buy a car and you can look it up to see like, has it been an accident? Has it done, ha, what kind of things has it, has it been sold? Has it been repo? I don't, I don't know the repos on there, but you know, all the past history of a car, it's kind of like that. That's your attachment style. We now know what it's been through and now why it drives the way it drives and why maybe it doesn't do the things that it doesn't want to do because of its past. Yeah. And what I would call the love language, if you don't if you don't know or aren't familiar with love languages, there's this book called The Five Love Languages by I forget his name. I'll link it here in the show notes. John something. I don't know. I don't remember. Gary Chapman. I don't know. I'm I'm like literally saying names. I probably should have looked this up before I got on the show or recorded this episode. But so there's five love languages: acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, and gifts. And these are five ways that typically for most people, when one of these things is done to you 
or for you, you feel loved. You interpret that as love. Acts of service is like someone who does your laundry for you. They cook you dinner. They pick up the kids at school for you. They took out the trash. They bought you or they gave you a massage, something like that, right? It's an act of service. And it's like, oh my gosh, when she does that for me, all I want to do is marry this chick, right? An act of service. Gifts, obviously we know when someone gives us gifts, people, a lot of people feel really loved when they receive gifts. Words of affirmation. If you're a words of affirmation person, it's when someone's like, you're beautiful, you're smart, you're so talented, you're such a good worker, you're such a great mom, you're such a great dad, you're so hot. All those things, words of affirmation. Quality time is you feel loved when you spend quality uninterrupted time with your partner. And then physical touch is when you feel loved when a partner is in proximity to you, like when they're close to you, when they touch you, when they hug you, if they hold your hand, if they cuddle, if you guys are affectionate, if you make love, you feel love when you have that physical closeness. If you guys hold hands, did I say hold hands? I think I did. If you guys um, make love, you feel love when you have that physical closeness with your partner. Okay. So those are one of the five. And for me, the way I would describe the love languages is the love language is the gas in your tank. You get gas, you get filled up when your partner shows you your love language and they know your love language let's say you guys took the quiz you know his he knows yours i'm assuming you're you're someone who has a, a guy right as as a partner um they know yours you know theirs um and they whenever they do that thing you're like oh my gosh i feel all the all the love inside for them and for me and all this stuff so i look at it like Maybe you like diesel fuel, fucking 87, 91 jet fuel. Can you put jet fuel fuel in a car? Probably not. That's not going to work, but <laughs> you know what I mean? So one of your love languages is, is, is gas, right? One of the gases. And when they put it in to your car, you feel all the things when they express it to you, right? So that gives you the capacity to turn the engine on and go. Now you feel like compelled to express your love for them. That's that's what typically happens when someone expresses their love language to you, right? When they when you get that good feeling of feeling full and like I, I remember Vicky Gumbelson from Orange County Housewives used to say like my love tank is is empty or my love tank is full. Like I think that it was such a great analogy to use um, in terms of like love languages, right? When it's full, when they've been feeding you or putting the gas in, right? Doing whatever your love language is, you feel very um I guess yeah, fueled to now feel like love them back, right? So that's the difference in a love language versus an attachment style so let's say you're a car you're this amazing new tesla okay (laughs) beautiful white brand new 2021 it's 20 it's almost 2022 so let's say you've got a 2022 tesla right and if it's brand new and it's you're barely driving off the lot it has like two miles on it no one's ever driven it it's yours it's gonna go fast it's gonna go slow it's gonna break it's gonna drive really really well it's gonna do whatever it needs to do right you could put the gas in it's gonna 
feel great. And also love language, I would I would um, liken it to, to like oil, like maintenance, right? Gas and oil, things that maintain the maintenance of the car. That's what I what I would liken it to. Um, that feels like that feels even better because I know that that when you're doing the maintenance on the car, it runs better, right? So it's like gas, it's oil, it's all those things, yeah. So if you have a new car, let's say a brand new baby, right? That like it, you're born per- with perfect everything, your emotions, your mind, like everything physically, and it's it's gonna and if it's never been jacked with right assuming no trauma no attachment wounds nothing it's and it has really secure regulated parents and it they show love and there's so much consistency and affection and all these things it's probably going to be very secure and it's going to run really well and it's going to accept love and give love very easily right you don't have like these huge dents or repair engine repair issues and it's going to run really well but when you're a car who has had a lot of trauma right to your engine to your body when you're a car that's been subjected to physical abuse maybe seeing your parents drug abuse or you've been raped or you've been cheated on or you've been bullied or someone really close to you has passed away and it really affected you or maybe you cheated on someone and now that feels like shit to you and you have all this like shame and guilt and that's very traumatic too those things affect the way the car now drives the quality of it right the steering wheel's fucking stuck it doesn't turn to the right all the way or whatever right we have limitations we're not going to either maybe press on the gas too much or we can't press on the brake enough right i would liken it that to avoidant and anxious right when you're pressing on the gas all the time you're really really anxious you're trying to connect trying to connect and when all you want to do is press on the brake all the time because the car ain't working very well that's more like avoidant So those are the differences between love languages and attachment styles. But you can see how collectively when you know your attachment style and your partners, very, very important to know each other's, right? And you know both of them, it really gives such great information about yourself, about the other person and it allows you to really deal with the car, drive the car, manage the car, aka the relationship or with your or with yourself or with the other person really really well. You know, I can't drive in that type of city or like road because my car can't take that. Like aka my spouse has been I know when I married him, let's say he was cheated on twice. And so I now know he probably has more anxious attachment. He needs a little bit more TLC from me, right? Yeah, he maybe he was secure, but because that thing happened to him, he now feels a lot more safe with a person, aka me, when he, when he knows where I'm at, when I'm checking in a little bit, when I'm affirming him and letting him know I love him, when he feels seen and uh, maybe words of affirmation is his love language and so when I tell him that he's a great boyfriend or husband or or a great employee whatever or he's doing great at home with the kids he's just gonna feel great right so I'm able to put gas and oil and maintain that but I'm also able to know what I need to do to avoid any conflict any more issues on his car they're both very very different Also, I also know when he's having an issue, like let's say when we have a rupture in our connection, okay, aka when we have a conflict, when rupture, if you guys haven't heard the rupture and repair episode, 
so flipping good. You need to go listen to it. I forget which episode that is. I will link it in the show notes. But when there's a rupture, our attachment styles come up because our attachment styles get triggered typically when there's a lack of safety connection or there's some type of not feeling secure in the relationship. And so we typically go to our attachment style and that's how we react. So sometimes when an avoidant person, there's an issue, they may back up, they may need a couple hours, they may say, listen, I don't want to talk about it right now. I need you to give me some time. If you know your partner's attachment style and how they typically act, you know how to navigate that terrain with them, right? If you have an anxious um, if you're anxious, you know, you could tell your partner, listen, when there's an issue, I'm going to want to talk about it. So you're avoidant. I'm anxious. You want to wait a long time to talk, but I really want to talk about it now. Can we compromise and meet in the middle and then rehash it, you know, in like two or three hours? Yeah, perfect. So knowing how to love someone, but also knowing how to relate to them and have compassion and curiosity around them in regards to how they manage or feel when there's conflict or rupture is so, so important. Can you see how both of these styles and languages, knowing these with your partner and your partner knowing them about you can really help a relationship and how you guys really connect to each other, how you guys manage conflict, how you guys approach situations. I would know if a partner isn't, is being avoidant and he's like, that's his attachment style, right? And for some reason, he's not connecting with me for a couple hours. Maybe he's, he's, you know, I know he maybe texts me once or twice a day. He's busy and he goes the entire day without texting me. I can, I, for me, because I know he's attached, I mean, he's avoidant. I would say, Hmm, is he, there's an issue. Is it me? Is there an issue between us? Or is he going through something that's causing him to get really avoidant and he doesn't feel safe right now? I need to be really cognizant of that and kind of not tread lightly, but just approach him and ask like, Hey, are, is there anything wrong? I noticed, you know, you're kind of like keeping to yourself. Did I do something to cause you to feel upset or threatened or just, you know, unsafe in our, in our relationship? I'd really like to rectify that if that's the case. And if not, you know, what is going on? Is there an issue at work? Let's talk about it. Knowing their attachment style, you can know how to approach them. It's such valuable information. I've said before, knowing your partner's love language, knowing their attachment style, knowing their triggers and knowing their trauma really, really informs how you manage, love, interact with, and connect with your partner such valuable information, but I wanted to really create the distinction between the two because I think it was getting a little, I've seen people talk about it on social media and how like, I'm not going to talk to someone because they're anxious or they're avoidant and they completely avoid that attachment styled person. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I know that I don't really bode well with avoidance. I know because of their communication style and maybe just the way they are in general, it doesn't feel good to me and my nervous system. And I can I manage it? 100%. I could deal with an avoidant person because I know how to regulate my shit. And I would be able to say, Annabelle, he's avoidant. It's not about you. Blah, blah, blah. I, I probably, I know I could manage it. Do I want to? Is it going to be a lot harder for me? 100%. So I probably... No, I know. I'm not even going to say probably. I know 
I'd rather not fuck with somebody who's avoiding because it's just, it's really hard. If they're disorganized, which means they're avoidant and anxious, at least there's a little bit of both, right? I got a little bit of anxious. I got a little bit of, of, of avoidant. But I know for me, avoidant really isn't my cup of tea. But I'm also not just going to choose a partner based on their attachment style. It should, I think it is a good like qualifier. It's a good thing to know about somebody so that you can prepare yourself in what way you're going to need to be communicating in what way you're going to need to be regulating yourself and how much effort it's going to take for you to be okay in the relationship, right? Because that car is going to drive a very different way. That steering wheel goes a different way that you can't drive it in certain areas or you're not public. You may not get the things that you need based on your attachment style. So look at that report and know like it has all these things going on. It's been in this many accidents you need to accept a person when you when you date them guys you date their past you date their past relationships you date their past traumas you date their triggers you date every you date their attachment style you date their love language you get everything so you either accept it all or say i can't fuck with you and let him go okay because you would want your partner to accept all of you all of your past experiences all of your healing journey all the things that you're working on right it's only fair We're not just going to be like, well, I'm doing the work. And so I want someone that's completely secure. Sweetie, if we're all doing the work, we are fucked up, right? We all have pasts that are like, we've just gone through a lot. And so I know I've had tons of trauma. Yeah, I'm doing the work and healing it and working on myself. But I know my disorganized attachment's a little fucking tricky. I look a little cray cray sometimes. I ain't even going front. I've been there. My past relationship proved it. Um, And it's really like we don't want to completely ride someone off, write them off because of their attachment style. But it does. I, I think you should use it as information just like you would someone's zodiac sign, right? Like, oh, I you know, you don't want to you only want to date cancers because they're super romantic or whatever. It is good to know. Super, super good to know. But it informs the, car, the total car itself, right? What it, the bumps and bruises and car wrecks and accidents and repairs that it's had. And you want to be cognizant of that, all that stuff. Love language. Okay. What kind of oil and gas do they take? What do I need to do? If you're somebody that doesn't like giving gifts and your partner is, a, that's their love language. I mean, sister, we got to get it to get like you're going to find maybe what other kinds of little gifts can you give them right I mean that doesn't mean you need to give them like freaking Louis Vuitton bags and Gucci belts and things like that but gifts in general just little things like Starbucks coffee today or you know whatever I can't even think of gifts but just things that people would like so or um so if that's not something that you're like really compelled to do listen you got to know that about your partner it's important. You want them to know yours, sweetie. We got to put in the work. We got to know theirs. So I hope this episode shed a little bit of light on how the different styles and languages inform each other, how they work together, how they how different they totally are. Right? They're so 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 different. And I hope if you're in a relationship or you're looking to get into a relationship, know your style, know your languages. If you're with somebody 
see if they'd be willing to share that with you. Like, are you willing to take this, the attachment style quiz so I can kind of know what you are? And listen, most of us know what our partner is. If you've been with them a while, you know how they act. You know if they get avoidant with you. You know if they're affectionate. You know if they share information. You know if they can handle conflict. You know if they're communicative. We know what attachment style typically they have. A test is sometimes not even needed. We just, we could, we could see it by actions. But you can see how they're very, very different. And I think it's such a, there's such great tools to have um, in your toolkit to understand someone and really use it to your advantage to make your relationships so much better. And listen, we're, and I'm referring to romantic relationships here, right guys? You can also use these styles and languages with friendships, with your family, with your kids, with everybody. But I'm referring to romantic relationships but they apply and even coworkers, they really do apply in every type of relationship. So it is great to know. Um, I hope you learned how they're different, how they do inform each other. And let me know if this episode was helpful. Um, and guys, I'm going to see you guys next week. All right. Have a good one.